Welcome to another episode of Laugh Not to Cry. I'm your host, Jeremy GJ. And today, I want to have a candid discussion about sex. Yeah, we're going to get right into it because that's the kind of mood I'm in today. So, let's, let's dive into it. So, in the previous episode, I talked about how I have a have trouble um engaging into um like friendships and intimate relationships with guys um and for me i thought it was just because you know i was weird and you know i spent most of the time you know being raised by women blah 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 you know my dad's still in my life but you know i spent more time with my mom and spent more time with my grandmother and all those types of things but it comes to find out that it's um it's actually because I have a level of this thing um what is it called it's called decorum um I carry myself in a certain way that doesn't necessarily facilitate the best relationships with guys because it seems as though guys have been getting it off pretty easy without without having that having decorum, having home training, having a sense of knowing how to talk about certain things. And one of those things especially is sex and our relationship with women. So general note for all men, be more mm, be more conscious about how you speak about women in your intimate relationships with them. Um and this goes back to like an ego thing and all, all that other stuff. Like this whole braggadocious, like I'll fuck this bitch mentality is awful. It's completely terrible. It it not only makes you seem to be like seem to be like insensitive, but it also just makes you seem kind of base, kind of lame, kind of like. You don't have anything interesting about you other than having sex with women who vaguely found you attractive, I guess. Um, and that might kind of come off sounding like, oh, someone who doesn't have a lot of sex or someone who, you know, doesn't have a lot of partners or who hasn't or ha- hasn't had sex with like beautiful women or something. But that's not my case. Like I've, I've had a handful of partners. I've had like really great experiences and you know my prerogative is not to speak about them in those manners you know it's cool like I understand it's cool to like swap stories and stuff like I enjoy doing that like you know like it's important especially with like partners to like share your history so people know kind of where you've been and you know kind of what you're about before they get intimate with you but there's just there's I feel like there's a certain way to talk about it and guys have been getting off too long without being checked about how they're currently talking about it because it's really just it's all over the place and it's just kind of gross um and like to illustrate that so I'm at work which is one not the place to be talking about this stuff so already red flag um these guys are having a conversation about about sex basically but the conversation came up about like 
hypothetically join it in like this orgy situation with the customer and all her friends who are by the way quite elderly um and like i got the the gist of it it was a joke it was kind of like well ha 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 if you know they invited me over to stay i know they got money and i can give some money blah 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 blah. all right now i'm not one to like get on somebody's case about um like a weird joke like i I love comedians you know i find comedy or whatever i thought that was kind of funny i'm not gonna lie but i get it whatever but then the conversation transitioned into like the weight of these people which like w-e-i-g-h-t um and it turned into the quote-unquote i don't fuck fat bitches conversation which is what was just really just screwed up my face um my head was just like it's what what is happening um and so once again we're at work we're still on the work side and it, it devolves into this like oh you don't fuck fat bitches i got the best head ever from a fat bitch and you know if she give me that type of head you know i gotta i gotta fuck her you know I, i'll feel bad if i don't and i was just listening and not engaging because that's not what i'm about to do um and it just kind of disgusted me and then it made me realize why i don't really have male friends um because those type of conversations don't appeal to me especially in that nature like i am not i'm not approved i don't mind talking about sex i don't mind having those types of conversations but not in that manner because it's not healthy it's not constructive and it's disrespectful to boil it down um and so my advice to anybody is you know one don't just don't engage in certain conversations that you know are not going to lead to anything healthy or anything productive or anything of that nature just leave that alone and two if you want to engage in those conversations uh, for some reason just be mindful of your language be mindful that that person that you're talking about is a person don't bring them down to this level of just like you know somebody that you had sex with someone that you conquered this is another human being who consensually has sex with you hopefully so be mindful of that and be mindful of how you know you would feel if someone was talking about you like that like i think a, a lot of it is a level of selfishness of not recognizing that you know it's not a conquest that you just conquered and then that that person's frozen in that moment that person is still alive that person still breathing that person still has feelings even if they don't hear this conversation it is still rude to disrespect them like that so just be sensitive about how you talk about that stuff not sensitive and like you have to be like i don't know i don't even know no um, i mean when i say be sensitive about it be conscious of it be be specific in your wording so that you're not just degrading and demoralizing another human being you know that's just that so on the same topic of stuff um let's get into like 
a broad right range of just like men versus sex so I am someone who who takes a great deal in how I interact with women on a sexual level and on an intimate level I'm someone who like went and like watched you know watched uh documentaries read some anatomy listened to stories because most of my friends are women so listening to the stories taking into account all of the like the miserable horrible missteps that happen to them in their experience and making sure that i'm not like one of those people for somebody else right and so i am very conscious about how i approach women how I get into those situations and how I handle myself in those situations. Um, because I, I personally do not want to be one of those stories of like, yeah, he, it, it, it wasn't good because this and that. And so I think a lot of it is guys not being aware of how sex works differently for women. Like you have to, one, make sure that a woman's in the right state of mind before you do anything. She has to be comfortable. She has to be, you know, she has to feel not even just in the mood because the mood can switch quickly. She has to feel like she has control. She has to feel like she can escape if she needs to, say stop when she wants to. It needs to be she needs to feel just safe in every sense of that word so a lot of guys get into terrible situations because they don't check in they don't communicate they're feeling like oh well she said yes already and i'm ready to go so i should just be able to go but the reality of the situation is that a lot of sex from my experience and from what I've heard is mental for women. So like if you don't check their mental and make sure that they are in a good place, like almost every step of the way, you are kind of, you're risking a lot, really. Um, and that's why guys end up running into like those bad situations where like it, most of the time when guys say like the sex wasn't good, it's not because they didn't like, finish or whatever it's because their partner was um inactive basically didn't really want any like from their perspective the partner was kind of checked out kind of like zoning off elsewhere um and they never think about it from the other side so a lot of those guys who say they have bad sex don't do foreplay idiots um that's like rule number one um you have to do foreplay because that's setting the scene for women that's setting the you know level of comfortability and also that's just how the body how a woman's bodies work like yes some women get like instantly quote-unquote wet but other women take time they need time for that to build up they need time for you know them to feel comfortable and their body will only react when they feel that way so if you're not taking that time of course the sex is going to be bad because the body is not prepared for what you're trying to do to it like it has to basically a woman's body is shielding yourself from trauma and if you're not allowing the body the time to 
create that defense mechanism, then you are kind of just really you're just you're just making friction physically and metaphorically. You are causing friction and it's going to be awful no matter what. So um, that's the biggest thing, like engage in foreplay, engage in making sure that your comp your partner is comfortable, making sure that they are where they need to be before you go any further. And then before you take that next step of like trying to penetrate, make sure they are still comfortable, right? So one, foreplay, minimum 20 minutes, minimum 20 minutes, right? Because it, that is just a gold standard from, from personal experience and from what I've heard at minimum 20 minutes, yeah? Because now, not only are you getting her body ready, you get her brain ready. And so, like, in tw 20 minutes, she can run through all the scenarios. She can get her pros and cons. She can weigh it out. And then in 20 minutes, you go, hey, you cool to move on? Boom. Communication. Oh, he's checking on me. Oh, he cares to some certain amount that I'm enjoying myself as well. And one, I think your favor too is giving her a chance to go, do I want to do this or do I not? Right. And so if you get the green light to go, boom, you're on to go on. You're free to go on to do as you please. And then you just intermittently check in, see if they want to do anything. You know, communication is the biggest thing. And so, my issue is that like when I hear these conversations from guys is always just one sided about them pretty much just getting their nut off and never about anything about the woman or anything like that. Like it never ends with like, Yeah, I came but she came like ten times. Like those stories those are never the stories. And I feel like that narrative needs to change. I feel like Guys feel like women don't enjoy sex as much as men, but that's not true. For the most part, they enjoy sex more because they can orgasm more in one session. It's just that guys are not pulling their weight on their end, and it makes it a harder time for them to be able to enjoy it. And so a lot of women end up shutting down because they're just like, I just have too many bad experiences, or they're just like, guys don't understand and they don't they just sex just becomes like a chore and it should never be that way if you're having sex outside of trying to create life and you're trying to have a pleasurable experience it should be pleasurable on both sides so make sure you're doing that make sure if you're like having multiple partners you're being safe you're being tested regularly making sure that you know all of your ducks are in a row and being free with the communication so that everyone is safe and everyone is having a good time um and you know sometimes i talk to my friends and they're like you should write a book with sex ed for men but i feel like i could do that i could do that and i could write a really really well worded with example you know citation great 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 book but the people who should read it won't and the people who do read it are people who already do what they're supposed to do and they're just getting like further validation that they're doing the right thing
and that goes back to ego a lot of men don't want to be told that they're doing something wrong in a bed because that is like an attack to their ego but really is everything's a collaboration everything's a learning moment everything's you have a chance for potential growth like i'm not saying that i'm a top tier best partner to have when it comes to having sex but i've taken steps to be the best person that i can be in that situation and so i don't feel like a lot of guys are taking those steps to do that especially from the conversations that i'm hearing so and and if they are if they are taking those steps and they're not talking about it in those conversations that's just as destructive because now you're having this conversation with another man and he starts to feel justified in his inaction because you sound inactive too so now there's this big collaborative thing that's happening like oh well i feel validated because he's not doing it so i don't have to do it either like it's a it's a sick cycle that has to be broken so i know most of the people who listen to my podcast are women by my analytics that i check but um for the guys listening be better about not only having sex but how you talk about sex because it affects those around you and um how you engage in those conversations and how you you know speak on those things goes beyond just what you're saying in that moment it could be um it could be informing how people use that information and use that knowledge further down the line right and you know you know it's okay to ask questions it's okay to communicate with your partner it's more than okay to communicate with your partner is the necessary step for there to be growth as a human and growth as a sexual partner and growth as everything so guys be better women on your end be more vocal um i know i've had a lot of times where i've asked my female friends like why didn't you say anything and it's oh i didn't want to hurt his feelings or oh i just didn't know what time and oh it just kind of felt awkward and i didn't want to you know deal with it and it was just this is like no like you are part of the problem and then you you have to communicate as well right if he's not doing something that you enjoy say hey that's not good try something else or a um here's a suggestion you know i I tend to like this or you know i don't know a, a slight demonstration i can't look i know for me it's always been best when someone's like move that way boom all right we're in business or i like this area more than that area boom bow we're in business i know what i'm doing you know and i've always appreciated it. it's never t- it's never been a shot at i never felt like it was a shot at me it always felt like oh okay well if she knows what she likes then i might as well do that that saves me some guesswork so men be better about how you're communicating women be better about how you're communicating um just have those conversations freely um and this goes beyond just like know heterosexual relationships that goes the same for any type of relationship whoever 
whoever you're loving, make sure that you're communicating with them and making sure that you're loving them the way that they want to be loved versus the way that you think they should be loved, right? And that goes beyond sex. That goes to like communication about like feelings and how you deal with those, how, you know, if someone likes gifts versus, you know, if someone just wants a hug, like communicating those things openly gives you gives you more space to do what that person needs and less space for guessing wrong um and i that's that's been my whole thing is just being upfront of with my feelings and being upfront with communicating like okay this is this is what i like that you're doing this is what i don't like what you're doing and for each person you have to you know you have to say it a certain way you for some people you can't be super blunt for some people you need to be super blunt for some people you know you need a little sugar on the top some people for some people you can just give them the cold medicine as it is right so you can you have to learn how to navigate those conversations and make them you know not only productive um but also just um you know I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I started somewhere, but I lost it. But it just makes sure that it's a productive conversation for the both of you. Yeah. And if even if it's just like a fleeting conversation or a fleeting relationship, you know, you know, we live in a world where people are not in long term relationships as much. But even if you are in one where it's just like, oh, well, we just we just do this thing casually every now and again still communicate with that person so that you both are on the same page and that you're both thinking the same thing because as we know those those thoughts can shift very quickly so somebody might think it's a casual relationship somebody might think it's getting more serious so making sure that you're on on track with whoever you're dealing with also also understands all the ramifications and all the consequences and all the you know thoughts that are going on in your head so that there's very little miscommunication along the way and now if we want to go into a further conversation about you know techniques and things of that nature we can do that but that's not going to be today so uh and I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's not what this platform is for. <laughs> anyway, um, so next I have on here socializing as an adult and then socializing as, socializing as a young adult and then socializing as an introvert and then socializing as an introvert as a young adult. Um, so let's start off with socializing as an introvert. Socializing as an introvert, if you don't know the introvert is, it's somebody who... Um, who takes it takes a lot of energy for them to be around a lot of people and so the ex, the opposite of that is an extrovert someone who takes in energy from being a lot, around a lot of people um and so i am an introvert at my core i have extroverted tendencies because i'm a performer so you know when i'm on stage and i feel people's eyes on me it doesn't freak me out um, it actually gives me more energy, gives me more boost, and like it kind of like, you know, it kind of like strokes my ego a little bit. You know, it makes me feel like accomplished that all these people are watching me. So, 
those, that's where my extroverted tendencies coming in when I'm performing, when I'm dancing. But socializing, that's just like a regular, regular, regular human. I'm an introvert as core. If I get in a group of more than like say two people, it's really taxing on me, um, because, um, because I like to, um, I like to listen to everyone. I like to, um, like have like memorable moments and details that are lasting and it takes more energy to do that when there's more people around and uh you know you can't listen to every conversation and everything everyone's saying once it gets past a certain amount of people so for me being in large groups and large settings is really really draining even if it's not even people that i'm hanging with so like i would go out to like the clubs in columbus and you know with a few friends and when i'm with those few friends i'm fine as we're walking to the club as they're pre-gaming and all that stuff but as soon as we get to the club like even if i start dancing a little bit this is not like a like an official performance or whatever i start to feel really drained when there's like a, a huge crowd and like my my mood shifts like my temper rises um, like I am, I am hot around the collar to say the least. And it's just because there's so much, I'm like taking in so much stimuli and there's so much going on that it just kind of like my mind and body just kind of check out and I don't want to do it anymore. Um, I can only do it for so long. It makes me really, 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 really tired. Um, and so if you add on socializing as a young adult that makes it even harder because that's what most young adults want to do they want to go out they want to go party they want to be around people they want to you know be engaged in those type of things and that just makes it super hard for me because i prefer uh intimate like one-on-one max like one to three um experience so my socialization skills seem terrible um, when I go out in groups in public because then I just become quiet because I'm I'm trying to like still be a part of the group but I can't contribute to everything so then I end up just contributing to nothing um, and then as a young adult today is even harder because I don't have a whole lot of time um, I spend most of my time at work. Like I said, I have two jobs, work seven days a week, and I don't go out very often. And, you know, you can meet people online, but all you have to talk about is work when all you do is work. And, you know, it, it becomes kind of mundane and kind of cyclical what you talk about. And so, like, I was talking to somebody that I, was, that I met online and, you know, I just felt like socializing nowadays with young adults is talking about how good your pay is and then talking about what you wish you were doing instead of whatever job it is you're doing to survive at the time. Um, and that's just kind of what my life has become. Just if I meet somebody new, the conversation seems interesting at first because I'm doing this like expose, like dissertation on, you know, how is 
how difficult it is to be a young adult in our days. But then I got after that, I don't have anything to talk about because I don't I don't do a whole lot. Like I watch my anime, a shower, I eat, I go to bed. Like that's just my cycle day in day out. I don't have off time to go do or see anything. So I don't know. It's it's a, I'm at a point where like I'm 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 done working. Um, like, not that, like, I can be done working, but, like, I'm, I'm over it, I'm over the concept of it, I'm, I'm sick of this whole idea of, like, I have to, I'm working so hard to just survive, not even, like, thrive, but I'm working harder than most, most, um, what are they term? Most baby boomers. I'm working harder than most baby boomers ever had to just to survive. Um, not even thrive. And I'm not meeting people. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not seeing anything. I'm not experiencing anything other than work. And that's very taxing on the mind. And my body's catching up. So hopefully there are some changes that I can make soon so that I am doing something that I enjoy while also making some money, but also just enjoying life more than I am currently. Um, and I feel like a lot of young adults feel that way right now or have been feeling that way for a while as soon because, you know, everyone told us you got to go to college. You got to go to college. You got to go to college. You got to go to college, get a degree. That's the only way you can make it. You go to college, you get a degree, you graduate and then you know they're like oh well yeah you have a BA but do you have 10 years of experience in this field and you're like I'm I'm 25 so what are you expecting me to be working in this position since I was 15 like and then I spent what I spent a minimum of four years in an undergraduate program so I can get this BA to get this job and you're telling me I don't have enough experience when was I supposed to get the experience while I was getting my BA? No, because then I would have failed out and not gotten my BA. And then this conversation wouldn't have happened because then I wouldn't have been qualified at that position. And they're like, okay, well, since you don't have the experience, you have to start at 12 an hour. And then you're like, I can't live off of 12 an hour. And then they're like, take it or leave it. And you're like, I, I guess I'll take it. And then you're stuck there for a while until you find something else so there needs to be a shift in the paradigm of how we all how companies and things treat treat people and employees and wages because you know at this point even when I was making 15 an hour and I have full benefits and stuff I was still like scraping by and I don't spend extravagantly I buy groceries I pay bills I put gas in my car that's about it I would buy myself like maybe a few Adidas things but that was just to make myself feel good so I could have you know something to wear when you know I had a second to go out but other than that I didn't really spend money on anything and so the fact that I was just barely feeling like I was scraping by with making 15 an hour is just like it's just like a big shrug like what 
what do I do, right? And at that time, I still had a second job. So it's nuts. The world is nuts. How they decide how what they pay us is nuts. And I, I hope that there's a, just as big of a shift in how we get paid as there's going to be after all of these um all these civil unrest riots happen because that 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 is super important and then just being able to survive is also super important so i hope we hope we make some headway that way too um for tech today um it still is it's causing a little bit of ruckus in my soul the next thing i'm going to talk about because it's just it's so against my norm um and if you listen to any of my first podcasts i think i had i think it's the second podcast i did this the iphone versus android um give me a second I like the new iPhone. Um, now that doesn't mean I'm gonna get it because I still hate the Apple ecosystem, but I like the look of the new iPhone, and that kind of makes me unsettled. <laughs> it was really easy to hate iPhones when I didn't like the design of them, but now the new iPhone looks kind of cool. I like I like the boxed off look. I like that it looks more industrial. I like that the fact that it can stand up by itself. I always like that with technology. Um, it doesn't serve any function or purpose. I just think it's cool that it can balance on its own. Um, I like it. I like how it looks. Um, of course, you know they got crazy specs on them as per usual because that's just what you have to do when you make a flagship phone. Um, so of course the specs are great and up to what my liking would be anyway. Um, but I actually like from what I've seen online and watched tech reviewers do I've liked the new iPhone and that's just <sighs> that's just just, just kind of weighing heavy on my soul um, to be honest um, as I've discussed before I have a have a crack on the glass that covers the camera lenses on my phone and I haven't replaced my phone yet because I've been trying to be a physically responsible adult. Um, and, you know, for a second there, the iPhone looked enticing. I was like, ooh, that looks nice. Ooh. And then I remembered it's Apple. And then I remembered that, um, like, they, they're they making a new initiative where they don't send out a charging brick with their phones because it's supposed to reduce e-waste, which, you know, I don't have any problems with that, um, but then the tech reviewers start pulling up all of the stuff that Apple will sell you in order for you to charge your phone, and then it reminded me why I don't like Apple. <laughs> they will charge you for everything they're not giving you, and they will charge you like extravagantly, and I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, but it's also sad because once Apple starts doing stuff, people starts following. So um, first it was the headphone jacks. Now new phones don't have headphone jacks and 
Um, now, if they don't give you the charging brick because you're supposed to have one or whatever, you have to do wireless charging. And so if they do away, they could do away with the whole charge port from all together and then other people will follow and then everything will have to be wirelessly charged and then, you know, you're getting less and less for what you're paying for. Now you're paying $1,000 for a box with a phone in it and no accessories whatsoever. You have to buy all the accessories second. So I don't know. Just from a design standpoint, though, I do like it, but I don't see myself joining joining Apple's ecosystem anytime soon. Um, as much as people give me shit about it, it's also very nice to be out in public, and when people ask for an iPhone charger, I can just laugh because I know I don't have one, and I know my phone, even though it's 9 o'clock at night, is still at 77%. <laughs> And that just that just makes me feel good inside. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have a whole lot more to talk about. Um, I think the last thing I'll talk about today, and this is going to be like my little you know my little chats about dance and stuff, is that um. I am currently choreographing, you know, we do recitals for the dance studio that I work for, and, ooh, okay, yeah, that just, yeah, here we go. So, we do recitals, and the recitals have themes, and I hate themes. Um, they drive me up the wall because I feel like they kind of brick in creativity because, you know, you've got to kind of find something to fit into this theme and you might not necessarily have been thinking about that um or sometimes you just want to choreograph what you want to choreograph and it doesn't necessarily fit any theme it's just a piece it's dance just for dance sake um and sometimes it just feels like you're giving a false meaning to whatever you're choreographing like it serves no purpose for me i don't need it to focus i just need to get in the studio and create work so, um, so yeah, the theme this year is if you can be, of all the things you can be in the world, be, and then you're supposed to fill it in with like, be confident, be energetic, be courageous, stuff like that. And now it's kind of broad, but also it's like, as someone who has to thoroughly pick through my music as it is to be able to have something to create content with because you know rap music is not very friendly um it makes the search for me even harder because now i'm digging through pop stuff and i don't necessarily care for all of it and or i gotta like go back like all the way to find stuff that was like that's sort of like not only doesn't have too many you know swear words but also the content is clean so it doesn't matter if they don't say fuck or shit in it a lot if they're still talking about, you know, sex or drugs. So, um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on themes. I feel like my professor and undergrad did it kind of better in a way. Shout out to Roshana. Um, 
she kind of like saw what our pieces were and then crafted a theme about like a through line that she kind of saw through all our pieces and kind of created and if it doesn't necessarily if your piece didn't necessarily match that theme it's okay you can like maybe add something that helped the through line or it's just okay that it was on the fringes like but the theme didn't dictate the art it was like the art dictated the theme and i enjoyed that process much better because then i was free to create what i wanted and then if she needed something for a title per se then she had like an overarching thing that kind of matched what everyone had but you know i don't really think dance like concerts recitals whatever really need a theme unless it's like the piece dictates that like it's very poignant to what's ever happening on stage but you know tradition is tradition and i'm not gonna fight it because like i sort of don't care that much too like it doesn't like it makes my job harder but it doesn't like make me feel like i'm doing something morally wrong right it doesn't it's not enough for me to fight it for so but what my original thought was is that i'm choreographing for said recital and you know i always have the most fun choreographing for my advanced class and that's no different this year and it feels so good to be choreographing from a place of like having new material and new insight into choreography and new thinking about choreography in new ways and that's challenging not just for them but for me too um and watching them execute it like like that like no thinking about it no like no overexertion of it just kind of like yeah feeling it and being in that headspace and like us being in that like having that synergy as we're creating together is awesome um and you know i get really in my head about teaching and really like kind of get kind of tired of it but then when i get in that class and i see like these older kids and see how much they've soaked up over the years and seeing how they can just like produce produce the work that i was imagining in my head like in such a like fast way it like really re-energizes me it makes me want to keep creating keep giving them things that are challenging and see how far they can push the envelope so um it feels like a good dance season i have some really 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 hard workers and you know it makes me it makes me want to continue dancing continue growing continue to be a better artist so you know just kind of hanging in there so yeah that's all i got for today thanks to everyone that's been rocking with me um if you have any questions comments concerns you know any suggestions you can always hit me up on instagram at laugh underscore not underscore two underscore cry or on twitter at laugh not to cry p1 and yeah just everyone be continue to be the best humans you can be and you know open them lines of communications all right until next time peace